Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of the podcast. Men, as always, I'd like to begin by thanking you for checking out today's podcast episode. Now, whether this is your first time coming across the Pursuit of Manliness or your longtime subscriber, man, I'm glad you're here. If you would, make sure you visit thepursuitofmanliness.com. Specifically, I want to highlight for the month of January, signing up for the email newsletter. Now, in the past, I haven't been very good about sending out a regular email. And if I'm honest, I don't read a lot of emails that are sent my way either. But what I want to do for this year is be more committed in sending out that email every week. The focus will be a different aspect of the framework of biblical manhood. We've been talking about this for a long time since this summer, and it's something that comes up continually within the pursuit of manliness. Currently, it's a focus within tribe as well. But what I want to do is every week send out an email, and I want to highlight a different aspect of that framework for biblical manhood, whether it is being spiritually sound, mentally strong, physically fit, or relationally established. Again, make sure you sign up for that email newsletter. It's going to be a resource that will go to your email every week. I just hope it's a resource to you to encourage you to consider that framework for biblical manhood. Men, it's time for today's podcast conversation. Well, let's dive into this. Let's pray. God, thank you for Eric. Thank you for the opportunity for us to connect uh, through technology. And God, we pray. I pray on my end, it will all stay up and running like it's supposed to. Uh, God, you uh, connect us across different time zones, different countries, different continents. And um I pray for the guys that will be listening to this conversation, that it'd be exactly what they need to hear. And uh, we trust that the guys driving down the road in their truck or guys who are at the gym working out or walking the dog, or sometimes these guys are sitting around with their wife and kids and listen to this stuff. God, it would be something they need to stir um, some things of remembrance, but also some some things of conviction. Uh, and God, I thank you for Eric. I thank you for what he's doing. Continue to bless him and the opportunities and platforms you've given him. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, man, at this time, I want to welcome Mr. Eric Rogel. Is that how you say yeah, it? Yeah, you got it. Rogel. Excellent. How about that? You just got to jump out of the plane, Eric, and just go with it and see how that. Um... <laughs> well, Eric, man, I appreciate you being on the show. Uh, would you first just lead us off, start off with just introducing? I know you've done a lot of things, but and I don't want to steal your thunder. So who you are, what you do, and we're going to get into this new book you put together. Yeah, man, I really appreciate it, Jared. It's an, it's an honor to be here. I appreciate you, you know. Uh, bringing me on so we can talk to the men that are out there that, that you've been talking to and doing some great work with. You know, my background, yeah, I've done, I've done a lot. But, you know, what I'm doing now is working with men, uh, men who were raised the way that I was. You know, I was raised to be soft. I was raised to be quiet. I was raised to be small, not stand out, not do anything bold, not, you know, be loud, not roar. And I find that there are a lot of men who are raised that way and it leads to some confusion and frustration. And it did for me. And I was, you know, I, I had done a whole bunch of different stuff. You know, when I went to college, uh, I was searching, you know, for, for the authentic me, the part of me, that beast that's inside. And, you know, it had been suppressed for so long. Um, martial arts is the first thing I turned to. You know, I wanted to find something that would let that out. And, and my mom would never let me do martial arts. It was, I was going to get bumped and bruised and cut and bleed and all of that kind of stuff. And when I got to college, I decided I'm going to join a martial arts school and I got bumped and bruised and I bled and I broke bones and man, I loved it. I loved every second of it. 
And so I went on this journey to find who I was. You know, I, I had my own martial arts school for a while. I was a chef for a little while. I ran restaurants. I was a journalist, a men's journalist for a long time. I wrote for major publications, traveled the world doing adventure travel, doing all these kinds of things. And Jared, what I really found what it was, was I was just searching, just searching and searching and searching. And really all the answers were in here. And I met some great mentors and I have one in particular, and he's my co-author on the book, a man named Rob James. He was raised the exact opposite of the way that I was raised, where I was raised in what we call a culture of fear, where everything was going to hurt me, everything was going to kill me, be afraid of it, play victim, stay small. He was raised in a culture of courage. So at eight years old, his father sent him to the local uh, cattle rancher, a John Wayne figure in town who was his dad's very close friend. So he worked on a cattle ranch from eight to 18. And then at 18, he went into the Marines. So he was raised in a culture of courage. We met, we got together. Uh, he became a mentor of mine and he mentored me over to the culture of courage. So as a quick background, that's really where I come from, Jared. And it, and it became a calling for me that, hey, I was able to get on the path. I was able to follow these great men on the path because all his mentors and teachers were really my mentors and teachers. And so I always say we're standing on the shoulders of the men who came before us on the path and we're reaching a hand back to the men who are behind us on the path. And that just became a calling for me. And so I, uh, you know, as a writer and a journalist wrote this book, uh, Lions Raised as Lambs. And it's about my journey with Rob, uh, him as the mentor, me as the mentee. And it is our story, which we have found as men have been reading the book to be the story of many, many, many men out there. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of background, a little bit of foundation we can build on for this conversation. But, you know, that's that's who I am. I love that illustration. Uh, guys that listen to this know I'm a big fan of the book of Titus. Titus 2 talks about teaching the older men to and then there's a whole list. And then the older men are to teach the younger men too. And the idea is, man, we need everybody. We need the old silverbacks. We need the young bucks. We need everybody in between. We all have a role to play. Yeah. Uh, you, This book is uh, written in allegory. I finished last in my high school class, so I had to go look up what allegory was. But um, <laughs> it's, it's an no, interesting... So go ahead. I feel bad. I did too. <laughs> Forgive me. What is allegory? No, um, it's very unique format to the, I say unique because I'm, I'm not a fictional guy or anything like that. So very unique format. Uh, you actually have a chapter on how you want men to approach this book, which is interesting because that was one of the questions I had considered as I was looking at what you guys done. So why don't you explain it? How should guys approach this book that you put together? Yeah, great question. And you know, the book is told in an allegory and, and, and we did that very deliberately. So for those who don't know, an allegory is essentially a story Using characters in this instance, they're all lions and mm -hmm. there's you know, lambs, sheep, mm -hmm. other, you know, an owl. There's all these things to tell to to I want to say prove a point to teach a lesson right. or a moral so that you're not preaching it. People, it really is just telling the story and following the characters. We do this deliberately because, look, to me, it's much easier to see yourself in these characters without being told, hey, guys, this is what you should do. You should do this and you should do that and you should do this. I know for me as a man, when someone else tells me what I should do, my biggest response is just, you know, screw you, buddy. I'm not. What do I got to listen to you for? 
which is why we always teach in wisdom rather than advice. Advice is really you should. Wisdom is, hey, man, I've had this experience. Here's what I went through. Here's the issues that I faced, the challenges that I came up against. Here's what I did. And then here's the solution. I mean, sorry, here's the results that I got as a result of that solution. And I've always found that's much better for me because then I can take from it what I want. So we did that with this book. It, it, it is a story, but it is based on, you know, mine and Rob's relationship. Um, and that is what we say is, you know, read this book and read it deliberately. We, we, you know, there's three parts to the book. At the end of each part, we have a series of questions and contemplations. And it really is like, hey, look at this character. Who does that represent to you? Have you seen yourself in this character? Have you ever done that yourself? Did it make you excited? Did it make you anxious? Did it make you angry? And then look at why. And so that's really the exploration in the book, because that's what he and I have been doing for 10 years. We explore and we ask questions and, you know, we start the book and end the book with what, you know, Rob, my mentor calls the four questions. And they really are the four questions that anyone, especially men, we feel is really powerful to ask yourself because it'll get you motivated. So that's how we begin and end the book. And, and we usually say your, your answers may change yeah. after you finish the story. It's interesting. And, and I'd like to, to talk about those questions, if you will, um, because here's the reason the way you pose these questions there's there's a there's a high probability there are some men out there who've never had someone ask them this question directly and if it's easier to read it on print than it would be to sit across the booth from you in a restaurant and you to ask me this directly however we need to consider this so that we are prepared to give this answer not necessarily to someone else but to ourselves in the mirror each day as we get ready to start this day you know that we're able to answer the bell and say okay this is who i am this is what i do um you know, one of the first, your first question, forgive me, is what kind of man do you want to be? Now, let, let me pause real quick. When you were raised with that kind of that fear element, you probably thought you were okay until you encountered Rob mm -hmm. or guys like Rob. So now, yeah, you, yeah. now you may answer that question different. So I, sure. Yeah. You know, when I, when I was younger, it, 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 and like I said, I was raised soft. Um, it was like literally, you know, sit in a chair, read color. And, and I see this happening with young men today too. And, you know, I was raised by a single mom, right? My dad was, my parents divorced when I was 12. My dad was never, wasn't around that much. And when he does, it was very like buddy, buddy. It wasn't really role modeled, you know, the kind of thing I was looking for. And as I got older and got into puberty and my, you know, early teens, mid teens, late teens, it didn't feel right. Like there was something in here, Jared, that just felt like, Hey, there's, there's this beast inside of me and there is, there's this beast inside of all of us, but it's a beautiful beast. And most of us aren't raised to know how to command that thing within us. And so it either runs us or it gets out of control. And for me, it was starting to get out of control. It was showing up in anger and frustration and lashing out. And then once I learned from good men that, Hey, that's just a part of who you are and you can command this thing. And it is absolutely beautiful that's when those answers start to change. So what kind of man do you want to be is a powerful question. And I find, Jared, that a lot of men have trouble answering that question. You know, what kind of man do I want to be? Uh, the second question is, what kind of men or people, we'll say men for the purposes of this discussion, what kind of men do you want around you? 
And I find that most men can answer that one quick. So I usually tell them the answer to that second question is a mirror of the first question and it should help you. So there are things like, you know, what kind of man do you want to be? In my work, we have what we call the four foundational archetypes, the warrior, the lover, the king, the hero. The warrior is that masculine side of us, that beast, right? The things that are like a leader, a guardian, bold, courageous, decisive, adventurous, all of the, you know, a, a mentor, guide, all of those things that we love about that strong side of us, ambitious, those beautiful things. The lover archetype, the lover part of us, that's our feminine side. We all have that. Now, when I first started doing this work, I didn't want to go to the lover side, the feminine side, because it felt weak. I'm like, man, I just spent my whole life fighting out of that. I don't want to go back to it. And what I was shown was that heart side of us, the lover, the heart, those are all the things that make life so juicy and delicious. It's not weak in any way. It's things like wisdom and inspiration, compassion, generosity, trust. Got, you know, all of those things, those aren't weak at all, are they, Jared? Wisdom's not weak. Generosity's not weak. Right? So when you look at those two, the warrior and the lover, the man who can integrate the two and come from both sides of himself, leading with his warrior, supporting with his lover, with his heart, that's the king. And when I work with men and tell them live as king, those are the things that we want to see. You are a strong warrior. You have that under your command and you have that strong heart. And that's where we say, what kind of man do you want to be? I look at all those ideals. And for me, it's things like I want to be free and courageous and bold and honest, man of integrity, a man who can love fully, a man who was, shares wisdom, is inspiring, inspirational, creative, all those things that come from the heart. So those are kind of things I want men out there. Look at all sides of yourself, right? And just say, what kind of man do I want to be? Answer it fully and honestly, and it'll lead you down a great path. We have crossed some unprecedented ground here. Uh, never on this podcast have we said feminine side mm. and juice, juicy and delicious. And you did that. You did that in like I one love, sentence. Yeah, man. I love being the first to do it. You, you are. Know, you are Lewis it, and Clark. It, 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 yeah. It, it's interesting when we deny that side of ourselves, you know, it's, it, it's, it's what causes a lot of issues with a lot of men. And it's one thing that I found. And, you know, Rob always says to me, it's so easy to, to have a man tap into his warrior. It's great. We can all tap into our warrior more and more and more. It's natural. It's who we are. But to get a man to fully embrace that heart side, that's the difficulty, right? To and, and, and to embrace it on the powerful side. Like I said, wisdom, creativity, compassion, generosity, trust, all of these things are so beautiful mm. in our lives. Abundance, right? They're not weak in any way, but it's those things that really make life like i said juicy and delicious man it makes it's what rounds out our existence and we and we we have to have those parts of ourselves i can't believe solomon never used those words juicy and delicious <laughs> he missed it he missed it you know as, as christians uh you know we believe this world is not our home we're only here for a brief finite amount of time yet man look around i have a responsibility to my community to my home to my neighbors to whoever to to be what i believe god has called me to be and you know like couple nights from now, we're having a prayer night at our church. There's all kinds of crime in our area. And you're like, man, I'm just sick of it. I'm just worn out by it. It'd be easy just to shut the blinds and say, good luck. 
to the rest of y'all. One of the questions you ask is what kind of world do you want to live in? How, How do you answer that question? Yeah. You know, it's, it's when you answer the first two, what kind of man do I want to be? What kind of men or people do I want around me? Answer the question too, for me is people who, you know, are cooperative and driven and ambitious and loving and, you know, want to live in abundant and share and cooperate and all that kind of stuff. So for me, what leads into that, what kind of world do I want to live in? I want to live in a world where leaders lead for the greater good, not for their own ego. I want to live where in a world where nature abounds. We love nature. We respect, I'm a, you know, I'm an, I'm an outdoor guy. I love nature. I love to get out there. I want to see the beauty in the world. I want to make sure we're protecting nature. I want to live in a world where, you know, people are working together, where everyone has enough food to eat, where everyone respects each other, where all men live as kings and respect each other as kings and all women are beautiful, divine queens. And, you know, where there's safety and security for everyone, all basic needs are met and no one's struggling and trying, you know, fighting for survival. And everyone's thriving and we can we can live in this beauty. That to me is a world that I want to live in. How about you? What's the world you want to live in? You know, I'm I'm with you. You know, obviously from a, a Christian worldview, I believe Christ is who changes our hearts. You know, I've talked people like, man, we could see, you and I could sit in a room all day long and and have classes and programs and, and messages kind of thrown at us, but until our heart changes, nothing really changes. We can change our behaviors and we can try to work on treating each other better. And, and I think you could sum it up with, man, love God, love your neighbor, treat your neighbor as yourself, you know? And I think if we started treating people better and just loved on them and um, it's hard, man, it's, 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 it's overwhelming, you know? And, and that's why, you know, we talk about, man, you got to take care of your address first, Mm -hmm. but you can't take care of your address only. You know, I, I can say, hey, I'm just taking care of my address, the mail that comes to my house. That's all I'm concerned with. But at some point, I have to think beyond my nose. You know, you got to think about those people that, man, God has given us so much opportunity. Like you talk about nature. No kidding. You go wow. outside and you go hunt or you go camp or you go hike or you go just whatever. You have an experience that you do not get indoors. Mm-mm. You know, you no, talk we're about the outside, man. We are. I, that, I, my firm belief is that's why God created nature was because right. we're meant to be out there in it. You think much. about mental health crisis and everybody's got these ideas and all that. What we need to tell people is go outside. Just, yeah, just you know, go, go. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And what's interesting was I was I do a lot of that. I take groups of men outdoors. We get out in nature. We challenge them. And as I was doing some research on it, I found this awesome article. And actually in Japan, they have a thing that that mental health professionals in Japan actually prescribe what they call forest bathing. I don't know the word in Japanese, but it's forest bathing. It's basically sit among the trees and you will feel better. Amazing. Amazing. So I'll tell you what, I've never been on a hike, a camping trip, whether it's my family or a bunch of dudes and had a bad time. No, uh, I've never had it and, and regretted it. And, and as a matter of fact, when you when you come back, whether it's to the car, to the cabin, to the tent, wherever, the bond is just different. And then it, then if you can sit around long enough to have a campfire or something, now it's a whole different ballgame, you know, when to oh, watch that yeah. fire crackle. Oh, yeah. We do a whole thing on mine. We call it, you know, bourbon and bonfire. Okay. You know, yeah. I don't allow drinking on my events until that night. We sit around a bonfire. You have a beer, a little bit of bourbon. 
just unwind and really have a great conversation. There's something about men sitting around a fire. It's primal for us. Yeah. It really is primal. I mean, men have done this for millennia, you know, after battles, after great feasts, after victories, sit around a fire and tell stories. So it's something deep within us stirs when we're around that. I'll tell you what I find fascinating is when you get, especially with just guys, yeah. there's always one or two guys who are the firemen. They are the guy who know, and, and they'll kind of compete. And they, we've seen this different scenarios, our retreats and stuff. There's one guy, he'll build it a certain way. Another guy will tend it when he walks away. And then he'll say, Hey, who adjusted my fire? You know? And so back and forth, it's just, it's just who we are, man. And it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a fascinating thing to watch. It is. It's beautiful too, man. Fire is just beautiful. It's part of nature. Yeah. And again, like I said, it's part of who we are. So, when we look at the four questions and this is, you know, as you were saying about you to take care of your address kind of man, do you want to be what kind of men do you want around you? What kind of world do you want to live in? Mm-hmm. And four is the most important one. Mm-hmm. And it is what are you doing to make that a reality? Yep. That's the legacy brother that we're all looking for is not just, Hey man, I would like this to be nice. And I'm, you know, I'm happy in my spot, but now now that I'm happy, how can I help others? How can I really make this happen? I want that world to look like this. What am I doing to make it happen? And that's the question that I look at every day. Am I doing something every day that moves number four forward, that makes gets closer to that world that I want to live in? Am I doing as much as I can to make that happen? That's what drives me every day. And um it's motivating and it's inspiring. Eric, maybe you can speak to this. I, you know, work sure. with guys and stuff and they, um, you know, they, they get fired up about things we're, we haven't, we're flashing a pan. Hey, this, that, or the other, and they get defeated because their wife isn't on board or their wife kind of, uh, you know, whatever. What I think, and what we talk about is they, um, well, you've let her down plenty of times. You've had a new idea. You're going to, you're going to do this. I'm going to start doing this. And you didn't do it. There was no follow through. And the first thing you need to do is just hold yourself accountable to when your alarm clock goes off, get your butt out of bed. You know, the guys say, well, I just can't get up. I just, well, that's on you. That's not on anybody else on this planet. Right. And so you say, what actions are you taking? We could sit around and we could talk the biggest game ever, but never actually do anything. And so then, then we wonder why nobody's following us. So what are some things guys can do to start to hold themselves accountable so that they actually take substantial steps in the right direction? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I love that. And and I've got a buddy of mine who has a great program. He does um he's a he's a Marine. He's a sergeant in the Marines and he he runs um outdoor things for men, you know, on shooting and guns and self-protection, all this kind of stuff. And he has a great thing that he's been doing in his programs, and I've kind of borrowed this with his permission to do it in my groups. And beginning of the thing, he has men write two letters, right? The death letters. And I don't know if you've done this before, if anyone's heard this, but I have a thing in my groups where I say, you know, always listen with new ears, right? Give your know-it-all the day off. So guys, if you've heard this before, just give that know-it-all three minutes off and I'll tell you about the death letters. And what it really is, is you write one letter to your wife and your kids. And this is coming, they're going to open this after you die. And one of them is you fail. Now, what happens to them? And you got to write your wife a letter that she's left with no money and struggling for the house. And, you know, you didn't get anything done in your kids and what happens to them now that you're gone. So that's one letter is the failure letter, the hell, 
because you didn't get it done. Second letter to your family is the heaven letter. You accomplished everything you set out to. You set them up. You made it right. Wife is taken care of. Kids are taken care of now that you're gone. And you have these two letters. And the thing is, if you die, which one do they open? And so for me, every day, it's I don't want anyone opening that hell letter. I'm doing everything in my power to make sure that's the heaven letter that gets opened. So I would say to men, first thing you want to do is look at yourself and say, you know, write these two letters out, write them, be honest, be brutally honest and make the, the hell letter as horrific as you can. And the heaven letter is as beautiful and enjoyable and brilliant as you can. You make sure every day no one's ever going to see that other letter. So I would say that's first on accountability, right? You that's the only way to hold yourself accountable is you got to know something happens to you tomorrow. Which one is she going to open? That's a good motivator. Yeah. Um, Eric, where, where can you send us? Where, where are we going? How do we find this book? How do we find out more about what you're doing? Yeah. So I appreciate that. The, the book itself is titled lions raised as lambs mm -hmm. and you can go to lions raised as lambs.com. You can read all about the book. You can, you know, there's a link over there to go grab it on Amazon. There's also a little thing in there. If you want to jump on my list and get some emails from me and things that are going on and stay up to date with, you know, the men's trips that we're taking and any of that kind of good stuff. You can do that right from lionsraisedislambs.com. You want to follow me on social media. Um, like you said, Eric Rogel, E-R-I-C-R-O-G-E-L-L, -L, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. I'm the only Eric Rogel on all four. <laughs> you will find me on all four of those. And I always tell guys, you know, we have a thing we call the sacred seven core values. And that's all throughout the book. And they are courage, honesty, integrity, commitment, duty, honor, and love. So courage and love are our alpha and omega, right? Courage being the warrior side, love being the lover side. But courage, honesty, integrity, commitment, duty, honor, and love. And the first three are the most important. Well, not most important, but where to start. Mm -hmm. Have the courage to be ruthlessly honest with yourself first and then with others, and you will live as a man of integrity. So I always tell guys whenever I'm on a podcast is, look, reach out to me on social media. Have the courage to reach out. Say, hey, have a conversation. Let me know what's going on. If you've got an issue, we're men, man. Let's talk about it. Let's let's get in the habit of being there for each other. Be, you know, strong arms mm -hmm. for all, all those men that are out there. So reach out. Don't don't uh, hesitate. So that's how you can find me. Well, you guys who are listening to this or watching this, all the, the links are in the show notes. So you just click on those links. It'll take you there and you can find out more information. You know, you have these three prime pillars. You've covered two already. There's one more golden rule is kings, but I'm going to save that for the, the men in the herd. So, Eric, thank you for being on the show today, brother. Hey, Jared, listen, it was like I said, it was an honor. It was a pleasure. And, uh, you know, love bringing as much value as I can and, and appreciate you and everything that you're doing. Thank you, man. Once again, men, I thank you for listening to or watching today's podcast conversation. If you would, make sure you click subscribe. That way you're always notified when there's new podcast content. And I'll go back to where I started. If you would, go to the website. Make sure you are signed up for the email newsletter. Check your spam folder. Make sure it's not being dumped in there. Starting the beginning of January, my goal is to send that out every week. And again, hopefully it's a free resource to you that you can encourage yourself, people in your home, maybe your friends and family. Man, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Let's keep pursuing 
biblical manliness.